Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to another Happy Pod, the show with hot wings and even hotter questions. Uh, we're going to be talking about movies, TVs, games, whatever else, and we like to keep things a little bit juicy, a little bit positive. We don't always succeed, but we do have a good time, especially today, because Nathan isn't here. He's dead, and he died because he drank too much bath water, because that's what he does in his spare time. Uh, Beth is here, though. Hello, Beth. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm a great addition. I heard that the bathwater that he drank was from Belle Delphine, actually. So not only is he a deviant in his time, uh, in his spare time, but he's actually a pervert also that pays for for girls' bathwater. He's a a big simp. I can see Nathan as having someone, like, as being someone that you, like, I wouldn't want to scroll down his search history. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we should... uh see how this podcast goes this week and maybe maybe think about replacing him for future ones all, all we need to do is one more so the 100th episode is coming up and for a long time nathan was getting excited because i missed out on the stranger things episode and so okay. he was going to hold it over me that i had done 99 episodes and he had done 100 uh, um whereas don't. now yeah now we're both sat on 99 evenly um you both get so me in on the 100th episode just to say that i i, I stepped in when none of you couldn't we'll have, we'll have like a best best moment so you know like the in memoriam <laughs> section of the oscars yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Be yeah. <laughs> um, and then on your 101th episode you'll be like woohoo 100th episode yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that that oh <laughs> God, we should move it to 101. That would be funny. Bethany, we're talking about uh, Nope, a film by Jordan Peele, who is just the king of titling movies in a way that makes them really hard to bring up in conversation. Yeah. Oh, have you seen Get Out? Get Out of what? Have you seen Us? Wh- who's Us? What, yeah. Uh, me? Me and you, Us? Oh, yeah, nightmare. Well, this is the thing. is uh, Obviously, you've known me for a while. I am typically not a horror fan. Jordan Peele, you could argue, is 
some people would say he's not a horror director, like it's not scary enough, blah, blah, blah. But the the, the horrors that I prefer, to, if I'm going to watch a horror film, I mean, I prefer not to, but if I'm going to, the ones that I typically tend to go for aren't like, you know, your bloody gory, your saw, that sort of thing, like yeah. your final destination. That That's not what I'll go for. I tend to pick like the psychological... Um, paranormal like it uh the i think poltergeist is another film like those sorts of films like the ones that make you think that have you on the edge that you know that drive my anxiety through the roof i prefer to watch those i really love to get out you know obviously him being a black guy himself obviously he can take a lot more like personal experience from that and it was quite fun to see it on film because i don't really think you get that conversation he does things on film that you don't really see in conversation typically like with Get Out Us was just completely in my opinion unique like the plot twist at the end I did not expect at all and then with this one his third one you know again I'm thoroughly impressed with him so that's the thing with Jordan Peele I think he does have this he does capture like there are different types of horror movies and like there's there's like obviously the classics like The Shining stuff like that um, and then there's then there's like the kind of the naff ones that are like cashing in on easy jump scares like your what are the ones where like you, everyone like 12 people all die in like a couple of days or something and it's like one by one they'll meet their end because they all shouldn't have lived past something uh, whatever those fucking uh, movies are yeah those tight yeah no I yeah. get it. I know what you mean yeah, uh, but, yeah. Then, but then there are the ones that do kind of like make you kind of think and are, are doing something other than just trying to kind of quickly make a you know get a quick easy jump out of you well that's the thing it's like it's like it for example obviously technically the, the new ones that were done recently were a remake i actually saw the original back when you know you could have cds and flip them over because that's how long <laughs> the movie was yeah um, obviously n- n- these days they did it in part one and part two but obviously it was just a three hour long movie back then and i yeah. remember watching it obviously shitting like scared out my brains but I really liked it because like you learn the history like there's the history behind the town there's a history behind the villain obviously I don't like how it ends where he's a giant spider spoilers but yeah (laughs) um (laughs) uh, but I like it because there's actually like a story behind it some and I feel like some horrors there's not yeah, like you say, they're just filling it with jump scares or yeah. There's no blood substance or gore. to them. Yeah, where it doesn't need to be, and that's what I really like about Jordan Peele's three movies that he's done so far. Because, like, like I say, people wouldn't classic horror fans wouldn't probably say they're horror films. I'd say they'd probably say they're more thrillers. But I, I quite like that. I prefer that. Yeah, I, I don't think I would say they're necessarily horrors. I think we, um, Nathan and I, had this kind of debate um, ages ago <coughs> when we did us on the podcast. Um, and they're, yeah. they're not really, they're, they're kind of more thrillers infused with, they're thrillers made by a man that clearly loves horrors. Yeah, because there's loads of like, kind of um, imagery copied over from this. There's a bunch of homages to like The Shining, not just in this, but in Us uh, and Get Out as well. And maybe it's maybe it's like a recency bias or something, but like, I would say at the minute, Nope is sitting at my, my favourite Jordan Peele film out of the three that he's made. I was thinking about that earlier and I, I genuinely, it's really hard for me to pick a 
top one, I think, because yeah. when I look at all three that he's done, in my eyes, I kind of see them as quite unique. I, I've seen a couple of interviews with Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya, and they say, like, you know, it is a typical, uh, you know, like UFO type story. And how do you do those stories? No offense to that, it being a little bit cringe, you know, aliens and stuff <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. But he did it like so well i was like on the edge of my seat for the majority of the film like i was so curious as to what it was yeah because it you think it's something that you know but then it isn't and yeah i really liked it yeah he's got a brilliant way of kind of like subverting stuff and making you think you're getting one thing but you're not like in this even there's a moment where um, and it's played like quite a tense sequence where Daniel Kaluuya's character is like going down to the barn to investigate a noise. And then he sees these kind of like small alien humanoid uh, type figures. Bro, yeah. That shit me up. It, mate, and, 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 it was, and it was scary. And because, the, because it took so long for the movie to treat it as a joke, I was sat there thinking like for a minute, I was like, this is creepy, but like, really? Are we doing an alien mask face? <laughs> yeah. Like, That's what I was like. I was like, this is like, Obviously, typical aliens, but also, like, this is... No, I don't like it. Do you know what I mean? This is not something we're used to. But then... That's what I mean about Jordan Peele with his... I feel like he's more thriller, but he has his horror elements. Like, that whole sequence with with the aliens. And, you know, you've got the silent jump scares and stuff like that. You know, the blood raining down outside the house is very horror-esque. Oh, yeah, for sure. One thing that I love about this, and I'm kind of... I've I've heard different opinions um, across like you know like reading shit on Twitter, just reading some like basic yeah. reviews for it and stuff like that, just to kind of gauge somewhat of a consensus. Because people, I don't think people are split down the middle on this, but they're definitely not as like it's not as critically acclaimed as Get Out was. And I think yeah, I think a lot of people found us a bit hit or miss as well. But this one thing I want to okay. get your kind of opinion on um, this film is kind of. It's not two movies. It's really not. It has a plot line in this, the kind of the B plot line of this that does that does you know mostly centered in flashbacks um, with all the stuff with the um, Gordy's home. Right. The, I think I know what stuff. you're going into. Well, like, well, basically. Um, did I get it? Not, not did you get it? Because I think you would have got it. I think, I think some people would be silly not to get it. It like, but a lot of people think it doesn't belong in the movie, and the movie could have said it. I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. Right. So I, I went, I went with Ben in the cinema to go and watch it. Right, and he, I've seen some people echo the same thoughts online, which he voiced as soon as he came out of the cinema. He was like, I don't understand why that's there. And that's because he's dumb. That's because he's dumb as rock. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a fucking idiot. Yes, true. <laughs> but what I took away from it, and I don't know if maybe this is because I've seen like you know documentaries like Sea Life, the Sea Life Center doc- documentary and stuff like that. Animal, mm. other, other animals, you know, they are wild creatures, yeah. right? And the whole point of the Gordy flashback scene is to one, it's not just a connection with how animals behave and how they're controlled, but it's also a connection with, um, what's what's the guy's name? Steven Yeun's character. Uh, It's Jupe, I think is. I don't don't actually think he's called Jupe, but the character is referred to as Jupe because that was the character that he played on the show, I think. Right, I'll call I'll call him Juve. So obviously, yeah. I think it was also a, a connection to Juve. So obviously, you've got the obvious one where 
Um, it's a connection to how, you know, the monkey, although it was well behaved, it doesn't, ma doesn't matter what you do, um, something can trigger it and it can obviously go off on a rampage. So obviously that's a connection with, yeah. you know, the, the UFO jean jacket, I think they called it. That's a reference to how, you know, jean jacket can also not be controlled no matter what you do. But I also looked at it. Um, from Jupe's perspective, obviously he was a, a child when that happened. Obviously that's so... I found that that whole B sequence like way more terrifying than the rest of the film. It was awful to watch. I oh, hate it was. It was horrendous. Yeah. Obviously he's a, a traumatised kid, right? But it also goes to show that people like him can be affected and this can stay with him for the rest of his life because he's in a sense mimicking his behavior as an adult to what he did as a child thinking yeah. you know that this is going to go one way when in reality it's going to another and it just you know it, the boy needed therapy he needed more <laughs> clearly needed more because he wasn't oh, over it you know that whole yeah. museum that he has that, that's not healthy you know if there was an option to take it out i wouldn't take it out because i no. think it's a, a great connection personally i've seen so many people that like they say they would take it out or they say it doesn't belong in the movie but i think it i think it is the movie like at, at the sum of its parts like it's the movie has this amazing commentary about how like given the choice humans will always prioritize um a spectacle over over yeah. the needs and and kind of love and care of of a living breathing <coughs> creature and stephen young uh stephen yen I think his name's Stephen Yen. Stephen Yen. I, if I mispronounce that, yeah. I'm very sorry. I know you're not listening to this, Stephen. Stephen, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're, you're, you're <laughs> the guy from The Walking Dead. The guy from The Walking Glenn. Dead. Yeah, I know he's not listening to this, but he has an amazing um, kind of arc in this, where obviously that that traumatic experience did happen to him when he was very young. Um, and, and even when he's like, as an adult, he's asked to describe and like recount the events. He's asked directly what happened, uh, by Kiki Palmer's character. And instead of retelling the events as we see them in the flashback, he just kind of parrots and repeats this, what SNL's sketch did. Yeah, the skit. Yeah, he couldn't actually talk about the event itself. He could only talk about the recreation. Yeah. I noticed that as well. Yeah. And it's so, it, it's yeah, so interesting. Therapy, bro. It's so interesting because he's obviously just repress the fucking hell out of it um, yeah. and and obviously well, like you said about still kind of acting with childish intention because he hasn't he's kind of been forced not to grow up because he's been forever referred to as dupe from the show but he's like yeah. the mentality that he tries still to profit off of the off of like the newest spectacle that he can be a part of just shows yeah. that he's taken all the wrong lessons from it and that's because yeah. he grew up in a hollywood system where they prioritize content over care and it's and they also don't look after kids like they should exactly <laughs> Which... yeah i think the movie does have a have a really interesting point of view on like hollywood in general too like how kind of in search of pursuing spectacle and content they've really exhausted like the passion from the people that brought kind of attention to the industry in the first place like you see cgi horse being like wheeled in as a replacement like a green screen type yeah. horse figure because they couldn't be bothered to deal with the real horse trainer um which is obviously yeah. daniel kaluuya the hollywood director who kind of like seems pretty like unfulfilled in his work despite like the fact that he's obviously famous and talented uh he's obviously yeah. 
like crying out to like get that perfect shot and do that perfect project that he cares about um but they like reduce his talent to shooting commercials which it like i don't know i don't know what the movie said the commercial was for but it clearly looked like superficial and stupid like the like the fucking old spice things like yeah they're fun and you'd get a director that was competent in to do them because you know there's still talent involved in making that like you know that old spice now i'm on a horse i'm on yeah. a fucking thing yeah there's obviously talent that goes into making them but like let's be honest they're not benefiting like no one sat there going no. it's my creative dream to make a fucking old spice no, ad no one's going oh it's my passion to do yeah, yeah exactly. exactly so but yeah no like what do you, I, I i guess what do you think about the i do you see this as like a comment on hollywood in general not just with the gaudy stuff but in terms of other avenues of the movie in, in a sense well in a sense i think it it, it the whole film is kind of a nod towards that sort of like fame and you know with with uh, Kiki Palmer's character Emerald like it was all about getting the money shots you know mm. what I mean the Oprah shot as they called it and yeah. uh, unfortunately money makes the world go around and, and in that world it you know also makes the world go around and and I just think it's it's quite normal to do things that that you wouldn't necessarily want to do to to progress in Hollywood. Like, the you know, the director, this isn't, you know, ideally the thing that he wanted to do, but, you know, it's his job and he's going to have to put food on the table doing something, you know. It it keeps his name out there still as a director or whatever he is, photographer. Um, So I think, yeah, I think it's the whole, I think the whole film has that theme throughout there's definitely an element of like kind of being i mean like obviously there's an element in exploiting animals um like obviously because you know they make the first instinct is to make jean jacket a spectacle um the whole the whole premise of oj's work literally relies on him wheeling out horses for shoots um that barely reward him any money because he's obviously his business is in financial ruin like obviously there is a big element on how the animals are exploited uh, for content. But there's also a really interesting kind of parallel about how um, how the humans are kind of exploited. Because if you look at them in this, there's not really uh, any th- any one of them that's content with what they do. Like Daniel Kaluuya's losing, like losing money. He's not given the same respect that his dad was. And he's trying like his best to continue his legacy. Kiki Palmer's, like well, Kiki Palmer was like neglect. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know the characters' names. It's <laughs> all right. Um, Kiki Palmer was like like neglect not neglected by her dad but she was never given the same opportunities that oj was and so she's now like seeking fame and fortune by doing something completely unrelated to her dad's legacy like trying to be like become like well she's even says like at the beginning like oh i'm an actor I, i'm an actress I, I can sing i can dance i can do all this stuff like she she's says just... the farm is her second yeah exactly yeah, and she's yeah. clearly like the fact that she doesn't even pinpoint what she does uh, and she just pinpoints a whole bunch of stuff she can do, just shows how like desperate she is to find anything else beyond this life that she never she never cared about and her dad never cared about her progressing in any way. Um, no, because there was that little nod as well about the whole um, the jean jacket horse and her, it was be, it being her horse, but then it ended up you know being the dad and and the brother's horse instead, and she was kind of, like, pushed out. Like, with the amazing moment where Daniel Kaluuya decides to name it Jean Jacket, which showing, showing like, this is this is her calling. She's finally going to get that moment 
to shine. Yeah. And my God, and she does. That, like, that the little, ending of this. That spoiler. Oh, yeah. Obviously, spoiler, that little nod at the end where he's on the horse and she's waiting for the bike to come on and he does that little um, finger to the eye and back yeah. to her like a callback like this is what i'm doing and oh yeah and then he then he's alive at the end and he's like he's standing there like he's reclaimed the title of like how well their their family's legacy was built off the iconic shot of 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 the black man riding the horse yeah um and and how how jordan peele kind of services that by positioning daniel kaluuya as kind of reclaimed a new legacy for the family reminding everyone who they are basically. exactly yeah and it's like i think what also helps the whole premise of the film um personally and you might have this on your notes but it's also the performance from all the actors especially the relationship between daniel and kiki I, oh yeah 100 percent, they were brother and sister yeah like, they're, they're siblings they, i refuse to believe otherwise like yeah they like just, they're yeah. I've, I've seen a couple of interviews as well outside and they just bounce off each other like they they obviously click and they obviously work extremely well together on this film and and you know i saw they said that obviously naturally they uh, even as actors you know doing everything that they've done in the past they still get nervous for their first day and yeah. obviously they hadn't met each other before but obviously kiki was a fan of um uh, Jordan Peele because she'd seen the films and because obviously she'd watched Get Out she was interested in working with Daniel obviously Daniel was used to working with Jordan Peele but obviously not with Kiki so they were both nervous and then they, apparently they said they sat down and they started talking and then it just clicked instantly and they were like yeah this is gonna work and you can tell because it translates so well on screen oh yeah and yeah yeah it was really good I, I think the acting really upheld this film well, they- as well They've got that kind of dynamic where, like, they don't, like, they can be pissed. You know, like, how with siblings, like, you've got, you've got a bunch, I've got my brother. Like, there's, there's an element of, of relaxation around them that you don't have with other people in terms of, like, I know, like, if I was around my brother, I could be pissed off, um, like, at him or around him. Not that I currently am or anything, but, like... Yeah, you can you can you can literally display any mood you want, even if it's their fault or not, and they they will have they will know how to deal with you in that instance. Whereas, like, yeah. if you came on the podcast today and was like, oh, really standoffish and stuff, like, I I wouldn't know how to approach that. Whereas, like, my brother would be like, no, why are you acting like? Yeah, a so even idiot? though we've been friends for ages, it's still a case of like, oh, I'm not really sure how to approach this. But with family, it's like, yeah what the hell's going on bro like, and like the, like the impulse <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like the impulses where like they both just fucking absolutely smash that like uh high five type like handshake where they yeah. just like bang that's just like it's that's the kind of stuff that sells it and like little moments like that where it's just like fuck yeah these two clearly they clearly care about each other a lot but you can tell their paths diverged a long time ago and now they're just kind of finding how to regain that friendship yeah again. because you never like because i i would agree with that because obviously like me and my sister and even my brother um in a sense obviously we were close growing up but now where we've become adults and we're doing our own thing i'd say we're a lot closer and i feel like i know my siblings a lot more yeah especially my sister like we talk a lot more now than we used to before and and you know it's finding that balance again and i think the same with you know kiki palmer's character um she she was doing off on her own thing and i think obviously what happened with their dad kind of brought them back together and they're rebuilding that sibling bond but you know it's not that hard to do because 
you know, they're your siblings, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's there's certain people you click with and it shows the like siblings naturally I mean in most instances, I can't speak for everyone naturally, but they they siblings tend to especially when they're older, they tend to click and these two like it just shows what kind of phenomenal performances that they have where they're able to just I mean like great chemistry is one thing, but to be able that you've seen people with great chemistry play siblings before and they just can't pull it off in the same way that this this is genuinely like the most realistic sibling yeah. dynamic I've seen on the screen in fucking ages. Like if if it came out in real life that their family tree was somehow like connected, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Like I wouldn't question it. I wouldn't question it at all. Yeah, I know a hundred percent. And that they're like, like just in terms of like them as as performers and actors anyway. Um, I had a note that says basically Kiki Palmer is so charismatic that you you just can't help but like cheer her on. Like you can't help I, but want her to get that shot. Oh and... my god, I love Kiki Palmer so much. I used to watch her right back in the day when True Jackson VP was a thing on Nickelodeon. I think she is the most. She's so talented, mm. and I, I would say she's underrated. She's like lots of people know her, but I feel like she's only just now starting to get that like you know proper limelight with like blockbusters and yeah. stuff like that i think she's I got think a following but it's definitely like it's definitely how like daniel kaluuya had the following uh like he he had he did some stuff in skins he took on some minor roles um in like other stuff but he was predominantly known in like a small british crowd whereas yeah. like get out happened and then he was like world famous um, yeah exactly like, i think now I that she's like this... having that yeah i definitely think that's what's happening to her and i just i i, I just I'm actually, yeah, rooting for one, rooting for her character, but also rooting for her in real life because, like, I think, like her character, she's also very charismatic and she's just very bubbly. Like, I don't really think I have a negative thing to say about her, and I'm just glad that it's able to be portrayed on. I don't know if you've seen any interviews with her. She did like a hot ones with Sean recently. She's very funny, and she also knows what she's talking about. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, I know I did see the clip, like the thumbnail on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, that's definitely one to watch for sure." Yeah, um, honestly, she's great, and and I think it translates well onto on a little bit into her character as well. I can see it, and and yeah, it's it's good. Uh, at the end, when she's riding through on a motorcycle, and you're like, "Come on, come yeah, on!" Yeah, oh, it's so sick. And she's like, what I love about her character specifically is that, like, their their whole family are described to be, like, the business is on its arse. They're, they're the last people that give a fuck about doing this, and half of them don't give a fuck. Um, they're, like, basically their legacy is fading. Um, and so kind of, like, without discounting, like, their experiences and everything, it's kind of like a... Like, the, the bluntest way to put it is it's a family of losers that are losing a lot of money very quickly. Yeah. And and kind of don't know how to dig themselves out of the financial hole that they've got themselves in. Um, yeah. and, and in that family of losers, she's the biggest loser because she's not even she hasn't even really been fully like she speaks about she's how she's working on the farm. Yeah, she's, she's ne- she really was never did, a yeah. part of it, and she she and now like for her to come out and have her name finally credited with something that she was obviously passionate about from day one. Um, and like it, as the film suggests, will lift them 
up into like a high regard um in the field that she's interested in like that's it's just cool stuff and like she sells yeah. it so well yeah and um, uh yeah i just uh do you know just thinking back like when she started doing that whole well thing, I was like, you are so smart. Yeah. So Bro, I would have smart. forgotten about it. I would have been driving back. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? I was, and then she, she was like waiting for it to go. I was like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Then she got it. I was like, ah! It was like yeah. Yeah. watching watching Jean Jacket fly over her and then like listening for like the clicks of the camera when it got into position. I was, there was nothing more tense. I was just like, fucking yeah. wind it wind it now um, yeah another thing i really liked about that whole um scene that whole third act as well is uh, um, which i've seen people complain about as well saying it's goofy as but i don't agree with them at all i thought it was brilliant but the scoring because hmm. it's not your typical like you know when they're like um you know it's chasing that scene where it's chasing uh daniel kaluuya yeah. On the horse. I was going to say motorbike, but it's not a bike, it's a horse. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, it's like coming up behind him. He's still in the circular shape. He comes up behind him, obviously, he pulls out the bunting or whatever it is. And that whole sequence with the music, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. You might have to listen to it again, but it's very orchestral. I don't know what the word is. Orchestral? I, I, I'm not. Lots, lots of, lots of like, um, I don't know, in like string instruments. It was just very cool scoring, and it wasn't like your typical horror or thriller or even like it was a little bit cowboy esque. I don't know. I just, I, it was all good. It was all yeah. good. Well, this like uh, we definitely just pissed off a few music nerds by calling it orchestral yeah, or something. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not musically inclined, but I think you understand what I'm trying to no, say. No, I get you, yeah, and it's and it's interesting choices, um, it like stuff that Jordan Peele does does well in terms of like reframing something that's traditionally associated with something else and 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 using it for a different context or meaning. Um, there is there is definitely an element of like I've seen Jordan Peele in interviews speak about how like over time Hollywood has kind of cleaned up the wild west and like sanitized it and largely removed the concept of a black cowboy altogether um which is obviously not historically accurate um yeah maybe maybe that's i i I can't say i saw the whole interview i just saw like snippets of it here and there um but maybe that's his way of kind of like of of providing us i mean like there's there is absolutely no secret that there's like it's you know, it's surrounded by dust on a ranch as Daniel Kaluuya, like, emerges triumphant on a horseback. Like, it's clearly it's clearly going for a Western approach. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, which that's is cool. What, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I really liked the whole film. I just thought, it, I liked the minimal cast as well. Obviously, you had um, Not Dave Franco. Angel. <laughs> I really like at first I was a bit like oh he's going to be one of those annoying type people yeah. but towards the end I, I found myself leaving the cinema quite liking him a lot and like you know like his quick thinking when he was um, when he tied himself up with the, the barbed wired fence which first of all ow but saved his life yeah so yeah smart guy was, yeah yeah fuck fuck the 
director dude didn't like him i think he was always a fucking wanker when he like he yeah. was just always supposed to be a prick but the idea was that you know he'd go up get the perfect shot of him being sucked up and then the camera would be spat back out or whatever yeah which yeah but is it like is it worth dying for nah i mean clearly this guy thought so like but yeah he was a yeah. you could tell from day dot that he was like he wasn't there to help them and that's like yeah. again something interesting. Like the the fucking old white man um, is the only guy that doesn't seem interested in fucking helping them at all. Um, just... Well, like, at first, yeah, I thought he was gonna run off at first and keep the picture for himself, and then I I, I was glad because I'd rather him die. Yeah, than he's, try he's so and old he couldn't credit. have even got far. They'd have just fucking chased him with a horse and just fucking yeah <laughs> trampled him or whatever like he deserved. What a dick. Uh, um, yeah. One thing that I I love um, about this, well, two things, um, kind of that I've got left to say, really. Daniel Kaluuya, his character in this OJ is it, like he's he's such a fucking talented actor, man. Like he's he's written <sighs> to be uncharismatic and unlikable. Like he's he's written to be a guy that doesn't care. Bro, he doesn't. He doesn't. He didn't really have many lines wrote for him. Exactly, for and, and it's just like. <laughs> But he he's written in a way that you like he gives off a a standoffish persona. Like even in the first scene, he's telling these people like, "Yeah, oh, my fucking my sister's not here. Like she normally does this. I don't fucking can you can you not look at my yeah. horse? Like fuck off, kind of thing." He's very standoffish, yeah. not cut out for that. You can tell he's never done it before. It was all his dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 what I love is how he's the fact that he's written to be so uncharismatic, but he still pulls off a performance where you just can't look away from him. Like he's so yeah daniel kaluuya is fucking he's he's a gold standard actor man like he's just he's so interesting like his subtle facial cues like the way he reacts to certain things and and at the ending especially where you see like it's you 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 can see a man facing death and you you believe it in his eyes because he sees fear but he also knows that to kind of lay his life down to give his family uh, a chance and give his sister a chance and maybe apologize for the years that he maybe played played a hand in 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 kind of neglecting and ignoring her yeah. like it's the right thing yeah. to do and you can see all of those emotions just wash over him and he's oh he's just there's there's yeah, no there's no his, words for how how talented his he is. facial acting is phenomenal so good so i i like those actors that that don't have to do much but you can see it all all in the eyes all yeah. in the facial expressions like but subtly he's definitely one of those i i I think I think he's gonna just I think he's gonna do so well for years to come and and I hope Kiki Palmer gets more bigger stuff as well because obviously yeah. Daniel's now you know been he's getting the big roles she I want her I want to see more of her in different you know she can sing can she's she? a great singer yeah she'd be great as like um She'd be great in a Whitney biopic because if you if you look at interviews with Kiki Palmer and interviews with Whitney Houston, yeah, they are like the same person. Like they've got the same personality, the same jokes. Like and and Kiki Palmer can sing. She's a triple threat. Like honestly, yeah. she's one to look out for. I think with new movies coming out, mate. I, I like like I say, anything that she's doing, I'm I'm here to see it. Like it just. This whole thing, everyone involved in this has kind of brought their A game in terms of a performance, and it's and it's so nice to see. Um, Except the girl from Euphoria. Why was she there for like 
for oh, like three seconds. <laughs> yeah, she was actually, wasn't she? I mean, she like she didn't Barbie or whatever her name is. It wasn't like it wasn't a bad performance, was it? She just wasn't really part of it. She was no, just kind but of, what was the point? <laughs> it was weird to have a bit, not a big name, but a a, not- a notable name yeah. playing a role like that. Yeah, because it was she literally just arrived and she was like, "Hey, what's going on there?" And Angel's like. Not much, and she's like, "All right, bye." <laughs> and that's yeah, that's, that's what I mean because of how big she is at the moment. Because of obviously Euphoria, her like she's really well known. Yeah, and it was like, th- like th- okay, yeah, uh, it, hello, goodbye. It was, it was unusual. <laughs> um, one last thing I'll say before we uh, we wrap it up. I don't know if you are too familiar with uh, the cinematographer that shot this. His name, um, I I do think it's a funny name, and I'm not going to laugh at this man's name. But I do think like it's a name that like it's a name that's a silly name, but I'd love to have this name because it's quite cool. Um, and his name is Hoyt van Hoytemer, which is a great. Don't laugh at it, Beth. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. I just I didn't want to finish the podcast without kind of saying his name. No, not not just <laughs> saying his name, but like kind of talking about how much his work is appreciated in this film because it's like it was shot for IMAX. Yes. I watched it in IMAX. The thing that sh- like shocked me about this, and I kind of had to think about it for a second is most of the film is set on just this kind of American ranch land. Ranch. Um, and it's, yeah, and it's spanning as far as the eye can see. Like, it's it's essentially it's just dust. It's all on set location as well, which yeah. is great. But it's, but it's essentially, like, in the shot, most of the time, the backdrop is just hills and dust. Um, and, like, and how he's able to, like, to to shoot such kind of incredible imagery not only like the horror shots that you were mentioning earlier making it look interesting even though it all looks the same yeah exactly how the movie doesn't just feel stale and boring because it's largely shot in the same location it's 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 such a talent and he's like the one one thing that i thought about i was like obviously all the shots with jean jacket are like the money shots of this movie like all the stuff with him flying around um and like just largely taking up the frame when you consider that that was you know that's an entirely digital creature yes yeah, so when yeah so when you consider that like hoyt's just got his camera out and he's pointed it at, at a fucking empty space it's incredible like what he can yeah, you have to have a vision so. yeah you have to have a vision to do something like that it was really good but in thinking about it now i didn't think about it before but like you say it's the ufo whatever it is jean jacket is not real and it all had to be added afterwards in post-production and thinking about it now and how he would have had to get those shots and the idea and yeah very good very well thought out because it, it felt like to me like it was actually there. <laughs> yeah, which which sounds silly because like everyone's like, oh my god, it was really there. It looks so real, and it's not. Yeah, but it's just yeah. the fact that you like you know the actors are selling it, the cinematography is selling it, the direction of like the camera is selling the, it. Even it's, the VFX, like it's not shit CGI or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's you know it's it's great stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll um if we we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much, Bethany, for filling in, Nathan is still dead but i have word that he might be alive next week uh when we'll be when we're going to be doing this cool uh if you like this um then you can not only click right here and get stuckmanized you can also give us a little follow tiktok <laughs> we're at, we're at another happy pod on instagram uh twitter and uh tick tic tac tic tackery where we're 
TikTok pop, yeah, booming, where we're, poppity popping off. Where you, yeah, you can find Nathan popping his pussy and doing the renegade uh, on there. So that's that's a good time. Uh, give us a five star review. Don't be cringe and give us a four star. We wouldn't appreciate it. Um, joking, we will. Thank you. Any engagement is cool with us. Five stars only. Five, five stars only. Five star supremacy. Thank you very much for joining us. We will see you next week. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.